Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, or maybe even good evening. This is Arun Sudhaman with the Cricket Ultras, and we're joined on the line by my co-host, who is actually reporting live from Perth, Darren Burns. How are you? I'm great, Arun. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Um, yes, I am in Perth. I arrived yesterday afternoon. I spent yesterday afternoon out of the ground, um, full house, great atmosphere, fast whack a wicket. And boy, didn't England do well yesterday afternoon to, to weather the storm. I think after lunch, there was a real barrage from the Australian bowlers. And David Milan and, and Johnny Besto, it must be said, took it on the chin, uh, pardon the pun, and really worked through that session. Yeah, well, D- Johnny Besto, we know, is, is obviously good with his head. So <laughs> <laughs> um, you, 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 you he mentioned, does use his head. So you've already, I think, um, started on a controversial note. By 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 describing the wacker wicket as fast, I hear I hear otherwise from 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 various learned Australian journalists who who suggest that um, the wacker is, is a feather bed now, and uh, and that might explain why uh, England proceeded quite sedately to three hundred runs yesterday for for just the loss of four wickets. I think. There was a lot of talk before the game about that. I, I do think the wicket was quite quick. There was no lateral movement um, and really not much swing at all uh, through the air. So I think that there, the pitch was quite fast. I think what was extremely noticeable yesterday was Nathan Lyon's relative ineffectiveness. Uh, now, he's played in Brisbane and Adelaide, and those balls have turned on day one. And I think in this, yesterday it didn't really turn at all, and I think that really negated a lot of the advantage that Australia had. So you basically had the three fast guys steaming in uh, and Mitchell Marsh, who I don't know how he made the side, to be honest. He, he was kind of trundling in from one end, well, he doing his best. Mitchell, which I think helps. <laughs> That's right. They were short of Mitchell. Um, that was the, I think the plan was to have three Mitchells yeah. after Mitchell Johnson. Uh, they've got back to two again. So they're doing pretty well on that, on that, on that score. Mm. Um, yeah, look, the ball was, if you looked at the ball side on the ground, it really was hitting the gloves very hard. And that's always a good sign that the ball's coming off quickly. So, you know, mm. the, the slips and the gully are very deep at the wacker, And they were really deep yesterday. So I think it was a pretty quick wicket. I just think there was no lateral movement or, or no swing around, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't like the ball was dying, was it, really? So it's, it's, it's hard to say that it was, it's, 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 a, it's a feather bed as such. But, you know, we'll see. I guess it'll become clearer once we see um, the Australians bat, which I assume will happen at some point today um, while you are at the ground, right? Because you're heading down uh, shortly for day two. Yes, I am uh, heading down. Arun. We, we got up, up very early this morning at 6 a.m. and went down to the members' areas where you have to queue up for your seat stickers so you can allocate your seats inside. Mm. Um, it was a lot, a lot of people at the ground, again, a bit of a buzz around. I think the English fans in the Barmy Army are very buoyed, obviously, after yesterday's exploits, which really should make the series more interesting. If they can push through to 400, 450, it looks like it's possible. Um, and then Australia, if they can get a couple of those wickets early, it could be really game on. And I think it would be great for the series if England can force their way back into it after everyone's basically written them off. And I think that that, that riding off of the Brits has been tough, given that they did, they bowled Australia out for 138 in the last test. So the things are there. Mm. Um, if they can put it together this morning, I mean, this morning session, not to sound too corny, is obviously crucial because they really need to push through to get to get a sort of decent score. But, but let's see. And I'm, I'm pretty excited at the prospect of... Uh, 
seeing Jimmy and uh, Broad steaming in this afternoon at the WACA. Yeah, I think as as we sort of described on, on the last episode, there isn't a huge amount between these two teams. And, um, I, you know, again, I suspect it will come down to, to who wins the key the key sessions. Um, yeah. So I, I think uh, a KP, uh, Kevin Peterson must be feeling a bit silly now after his tweet after the second test where I think he said England cricket is an effing embarrassment. Um, maybe that fired them up a little bit. Um, you know, a bit like Shane Warne years ago saying that Mitchell Stark needed to puff his chest out and, just, and sledge more. Mm. Uh, it seemed to fire him up and he performed better after that. So maybe that uh, fired up the team. I don't think Kevin Peterson is a man given to much self-doubt. <laughs> um, so, yes, um, I take your point on Kevin Peterson. I think uh, KP, you know, it's a mantra I'm sure you live by, Darren, that revenge is a dish best served cold. Uh, <laughs> and I think that Kevin Peterson has been waiting for this moment a long time. I mean, bear in mind, Kevin Peterson, you know, and it, it was, I think it was the last tour after which he was kind of unceremoniously thrown out of the England team. And, and one of the allegations was that he wasn't, he wasn't paying enough attention in team meetings. And I mean, I just thought it was quite hilarious because um, anyone familiar with the politics in, in subcontinental cricket would probably wonder what the fuss was all about in terms of Kevin Peterson. Uh, you know, I think it, it probably still rankles with him, and he has he has something of a point. It from the outside, um, aided and abetted by uh, you know both the the English press and the Australian press. The English tour has something of a shambolic nature to it at this point. I mean, the the, the Ben Duckett episode when he suddenly disappeared from the tour match a week ago, and then we found out that it was a drink-related incident. I love the way the news came out, by the way, because at first no one knew. Uh, First, all we knew is he'd been dropped. Then then it came out that it was a drink-related incident. Then we heard he'd poured a drink on someone's head. Then we found out he'd poured a drink on Jimmy Anderson's head. And then we found out that actually it was a beer he had poured on Jimmy Anderson's head. (laughs) And so it was almost like a... Again, are in great crisis management. Oh, well, I mean... (laughs) And not only that, this was the English team leaking all of this info. I mean, not even That's leaking right. it, actually coming out with it. I mean, right. it's, it, you know, I, I've seen a number of people say, why, why exactly is Andrew Strauss and, and Trevor Bayliss, why are they so keen to, I suppose they are being in the parlance of public relations, transparent uh, and authentic. But uh, you could suggest they're making a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah, you really could. Um and I thought what was quite interesting, Arun, was that uh, both of those infringements, um, ha- alleged infringements anyway, happened at the Avenue Bar in Perth. One of your favourites, So there's something perhaps? about Perth. There's something about Perth and the English team, isn't there? Um, mm. I'm going to go and check that bar out later tonight and just see if any of the, uh, if any of the Bens are there or anybody from, that, from, the, Brit- from the English team is uh, sort of loitering around that area. Um, but there certainly is uh, – it does highlight the drinking culture, I think, doesn't it, Arun? In the game? It is – yeah, I think it does. Um, Highlight, there is a drinking culture around cricket. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so well, before we get to that, I should say, I, I I, think Ben Duckett, you know, we've discussed our views towards Jimmy Anderson on, on the previous episode. 
And so I have a measure of sympathy for Ben Duckett. <laughs> I feel like, you know, I've, I've seen people suggest he deserves a medal or maybe even a knighthood. I wouldn't go that far. Um, but, uh, but, you know, f- fair play to the young man. <laughs> Who amongst us hasn't wanted to pour a drink on Jimmy Anderson at some point? <laughs> no, so but, you're saying it was totally deserved, Arun? <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't advocate that, especially not to any children listening. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, the broader point. You you just wonder why can't these players stay out of the bar? They are professional cricketers. Uh, this is you know in in the middle of a tour. Um, ben Duckett should be said he's not actually even in the squad, right? He's in the he's in the Lions. The Lions team. tour, yes. Um, but why can't they stay out of the bar? What is you know what? It does. It does always seem like cricket and alcohol go hand in hand. I mean, we've, you play cricket at a at a kind of reasonable level. I've played club cricket in in the UK. I often feel like cricket, certainly in England. I'm sure in Australia, perhaps in South Africa. I often feel like it's a, it's just a really inefficient delivery system for alcohol. Yeah, um, it's um, and I think that's whether you're playing or watching. Arun, right, well. based on some of the discussions I heard at the members bar yesterday and, and waiting in line this morning, there were some real pearls of wisdom that I gleaned around the drinking culture around cricket. Um, one of the things I overheard was somebody said, days are for drinking, nights are for sleeping. Um, the other thing, another friend I heard at the bar said, it doesn't matter what time you start drinking, it matters what time you finish drinking. Um, so it really is a drinking culture. And I noticed the WACA, particularly in the members area, I think 95% of people in the audience are men, which if you go to a one day game or a T20 match, uh, uh, you know, a big bash or an IPL game, it's quite much more of a mixed crowd. I think it's really a men's kind of day out. Um, and that goes with playing cricket on weekends, right? Socially. So I'm playing socially, uh, this weekend in a in a tournament with my friends that are here from our, our club in Shanghai. It's called Last Man Standing. It's like eight, eight, eight aside, 25 ball overs. And I'm guessing there's probably going to be a lot of drinking after that game. Um, and that's kind of a microcosm of what happens all over Australia on the weekends, whether it's in social cricket, whether it's grade cricket. I'm pretty sure it's the same in the UK. But we don't see that in India, do we? Arun? It's not really a drinking culture in India. Obviously not Pakistan either. No, um, no. So it's well, quite interesting how it evolves. Yeah, and uh, you know, this this was actually brought home to me when I was playing cricket in England, um, because you essentially have two leagues. You have the mm. the sort of traditional English cricket leagues, and then you have the Asian leagues. And the big difference, honestly, is um, the level of alcohol consumption, um, and the fact that the Asian league doesn't revolve around having a drink at the end of the day or having more than one drink. Um, and you know, it's not just club cricket, county cricket is replete with Mm. tales of excessive drinking. Um, and of course not just county (laughs) cricket, you you talk about international cricket and we have to be careful here because yes, there's a lot of very sanctimonious coverage. I find some of the Australian coverage in particular quite amusing. It's almost as if there have been no Australian cricketers that have ever touched a drop of alcohol. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the stuff players got up to in the 80s, I suspect far worse than anything that happens these days, right? Um, I think players are probably taking care of themselves a lot better. 
I think that's totally true. I, I think they're, you know, I'm pretty sure with the England team right now, there's probably a few of them that go out drinking. Um, I imagine it's not everybody. I think the Australians are like that as well. I think, whereas in the old days, people were proud about how many beers they could drink on the trip from uh, Sydney Airport to London on the Nashers tour. Mm. I think the record stands at something like 52 cans of beer or 53 cans of beer David by David Boone. Boone, although that is disputed by Doug Walters, who had the original record. Oh, I see. Because um, he claims that um, David Boone counted beers that he had in a transit lounge, which he didn't count. Um, so that was considered a great badge of honor to be to hold that um, the honor of having the most beers on a flight from Sydney to London. I think it's almost it's sort of running against the zeitgeist, isn't it? Now it's it's not really cool to be celebrated drinking. And it was I think uh, if you look five ten years ago, it was still kind of a badge of honor. Mm. I think we're moving on from that a little bit, which is good. Um, we are. What do you think, Arun? I think it makes oh, sense. No, we right? are. I mean, you can see broader broader demographic trends so people younger people certainly in england um are drinking less i i I don't know if that's if that's the case in australia but Mm. it would hard to imagine that they're drinking more so yeah (laughs) but you you kind of realize how much of a nanny state that australia is and i haven't lived Mm. here for a long time of course i come back every every year and I i love coming back uh, but really, they have a lot of restrictions on, I think you can only get two beers at the bar at a time, mm-hmm. um, or two beers per person. There are a lot of police around. Anybody who does anything slightly touchy in the crowd gets thrown out. Uh, mm-hmm. Yesterday, a guy you know, was goading the bar in the army, and it was all very friendly, and I think he, he stole one of their flags, and he was going to give it back, and the police threw him out, and he got a big you know, Bronx cheer from the crowd. Mm. Um, they're very, very focused on this you know, violence or misbehaving at sports. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's almost like a nanny state. You know, a couple of friends of mine were at the second test at Adelaide, and they were, you know, one of their dads was in his mid-70s, and they were just having a shot after the day, and they were completely sober, and they, they wouldn't allow them to serve any more drinks to them. Uh, quite funny. So yeah, I think maybe I it's mean- swinging the other way. I suppose that it's it's kind of hard, right? Because you you almost have to bring in these kind of blanket regulations. Yeah. Um, and you see that in England as well. Uh, let's not forget that cricket is is funded largely by alcohol, right? I think that is very there's, true. There's a brilliant article by um, I think it was Jeff Lemon, an Australian journalist in in the Guardian, where he was pointing out that you know English cricket has an has an official lager, an official beer and official cider and official wine and official champagne right. <laughs> um, I think Australia is a bit more Spartan I think it only has an official beer and an official wine um, and some people might even suggest that's going a bit too far to include wine in the mm. equation um, but this is uh, this is a sport that is is very well lubricated at every level um, maybe yes it is maybe we are expecting too much to ask the players to uh, to stop imbibing but I, I I don't think that's true I mean I, I, I just kind of think they're professional sportsmen right. um, the, the, the problem is the culture I think that they're brought up mm-hmm. in um, and it's hard to believe they wouldn't be better players if they just drank less <laughs> I think speaking from experience, Arun, definitely drinking best or drinking little is better for your performance, mm. um, especially in these days where people are athletes. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, we, we will obviously be watching the tour closely. It would be absolutely hilarious if there was another drink-related incident. 
Um, yeah, it would, there would be. Trevor Bayliss Maybe and, after and the... Andrew Strauss mm. seem, seem very clear that there's some, some sort of drink culture that has to be stamped out. There's a few people they believe are, are just taking it too far. Um, and of course, I, I think if they were doing very well on tour and they won a test match or they were level pegging, I think nobody would really care. But I think once you start to lose matches, people tend to scrutinize much more closely on, on your behavior. And well, to be honest, these yeah. incidents, apart from the Ben Stokes incident, which was very serious, mm. these other two have been absolutely nothing at all. And I think they've just been scrutinized so heavily. And I think yeah. in these days, social media and transparency, I think they're really running a risk by going out and drinking. Yeah. Although I did read an article that was I thought was very interesting. And they talked to some of the some of the England boys. And they said, actually, one of the things about cricket, which is different from perhaps football and, and some of the other sports, is that the players tend to socialize with the fans Mm. Um, or the touring parties and they like to go and have a drink with them and you know thank them for their support and I think that's there's kind of some truth to that mm. um, so I think it's just walking the line right being sensible I mean you know pouring a drink over somebody's head in full view of the rest of the people in the bar is kind of stupid <laughs> and maybe headbutting somebody as a greeting is maybe not the best thing to do if you don't even know somebody um, so yeah should we move on from drinking well we could we I mean I, I didn't know if you wanted to, to run through there's so much to say. You could, I mean, you could fill a whole hour with, or more, with, with drinking in cricket. Uh, There's Andrew Simons in, against Bangladesh when he was apparently out drinking all night and didn't sleep at all and came to the ground. And I think the coach noticed he was dropping balls at practice and he hadn't slept all night and he was sent home on the plane. Yeah. Uh, Andrew had a few few of those issues, didn't he? Andrew Andrew Simons has his, his whole has his own list, I think. Of he does have his own book, I think. Indiscretions. Um, I mean, Australians rank really high. I think you know, there's some there's some they great do. ones. Steve O'Keefe is a is a, <laughs> is a serial offender. Serial offender, yes, he really is. Uh, let's not forget Ricky Ponting, later Australian captain, began his career yes. under a, a sort of blaze of, of bad publicity. Um, he really did, and, and bad decision making. All of yes. which he would he would admit was was down to to drinking too much. Um, yes. So that you know, they are young men who are maybe coming from from situations where they don't know how to manage their drinking that well, and where it's considered almost a badge of honour to to drink a lot. Yes. Um, so I suppose you know, there's a level of understanding that's required, um, but at the same time, looking from the outside in. And you're you're absolutely right. Winning winning excuses everything. We wouldn't be having this conversation if England were two 0 up or it was one one or or whatever. Um, right. But it's just I giving. It's, totally true. it's just giving people ammunition, right? And if you're serious about your career, why would you take any risks with it? Totally. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm sure today it? at the cricket you you will be on just the mineral water. Um, That's right. And sparkling and mineral water. Maybe. I mean, God forbid you you might you might have a glass of wine. I hear David Warner only drinks wine now. So. Yes, the Reverend. The Reverend, yeah. Um, apparently, only drinks. He only drinks. Um, he drinks wine now. He's a he's a wine aficionado, apparently. A wine wanker. Uh, I think is, is a, the phrase. Or a wine wanker, as they call them in Western Australia, Arun. <laughs> oh yes, as as I have in fact been called uh, when my first <laughs> my first entry to to Perth. When a, a rather overzealous uh, immigration official uh, looked at my itinerary, which included stops at some of Margaret River's finest wineries, and proceeded to tell me in full view of everyone that I was a wine wanker. <laughs> and, uh, so, we should we call David Warner a wine wanker now? 
Well, maybe you hope, this was a, a number of years ago, you kind of hope society has moved on. <laughs> you kind of hope people that drink wine are not, uh, are not such, such outcasts anymore, anymore in, in, in Australian society. Um, okay, so that's, that's drink culture, and, and we, we will be watching that, I, I imagine. Um, Nathan Lyon. Uh, yes. He has been described the as, as the player of the series um, so far. I, I wouldn't quibble yes. with that with that description. I mean, it's it's kind of remarkable to see how he's improved as a spinner from this guy who um, was a groundsman, didn't even make it into In the Adelaide. academy, uh, right? And, and now is um, you know arguably the best off off spinner in the world. Um, I, I know you don't agree with that, but I have to say that at the moment he probably is the best off spinner in the world. He's taken 57 wickets this year, which is phenomenal. And I think he's learned how to bowl in India, which he didn't before. Yeah, uh, I think that that was the key, and and not many overseas spinners have learned how to do that. You know, I would I would suggest correct. his record in India now is better than Shane Warne's. Um, it probably is. No, it, it, I, I don't mean, know if the stats back that up, Arun, but let's let's go with it for now. It is. Um, I actually looked it up. <laughs> you did look it up? Oh, I well did. done. And he hasn't played as much. Um, of course. But his performance on the last tour of India was, was better than anything Shane Warne uh, accomplished. And, I mean, Indian batsmen love, love leg spinners, so there's that. But They, they sure do. Um, yeah, Nathan Lyon is bowling really well. Uh, maybe he's currently the best spinner in the world. Um, yeah. And in not fact, only he's that, bowling he can... so well. Sorry? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, not only that, as, as, you, uh, 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 as you pointed out to me earlier in the week, you can now uh, put him on top of your Christmas tree. That's right. The Nathan Lyon fan club has started a big craze in Australia where they're putting pictures of Nathan Lyon on top of their Christmas trees in place of an angel, or I think they call him a tree topper in the U.S., so there's all these photos going around on Facebook and on social media and Twitter with Nathan Lyon at the top of Christmas tree, the angel of the ashes, they're calling him. Wow. Wow. Times have really changed. So I think um, that really, they really have changed. And as you said, from the groundsman, uh, net bowler in Adelaide, uh, all the way through to this, one of the greatest bowlers going around today, I think it's been quite a transformation. And yeah. to end up having... <laughs> yourself on the top of a Christmas tree must be hugely gratifying, you'd imagine, for the young man. Yeah, um, maybe. Uh, I mean, have, have you bought one of these for your tree? They all look like they're pretty much DIYs, where people <laughs> sort of just do a dodgy, you know, they print it out and they cover it with um, plastic cover and they stick it on top of their tree. There's some pretty dodgy looking things out there. Uh, some people just put a picture of him in a frame and just like stick it up on top of the tree. Right. Um, I wish we had video. We could probably do a review of some of them, but quite funny. And I, I just imagine how he feels about that. It's quite. I must be quite uh, edifying. And he's been quite outspoken in this series. Mm. I always thought before he was a bit of he was a bit sheepish and wasn't <laughs> sure of his place in the side. But he's really got some bravado about him now, puffing out his chest and you know getting into the verbals and stuff like that. And he's he's looks confident with the bat and he looks confident with the ball and in the field. He's running people out. I mean, he wasn't the best fielder, but he, you know, the run out he did in the last test was quite amazing. So he seems to be really on top of his game right now. Yeah, he's, he's a changed man. He, he does look very confident. Um, he looks like a bowler who, 
who knows he has all the tools to get wickets. Mm -hmm. And it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. And I think for spin bowlers in particular, when they reach that point, they, they become, they move to another level, really. Um, yeah. they, have, they have plans for the batsman, they know what they're doing, and there's just much less concern about, about the pitch um, um, or about, you know, what, what the batsman might do to them. And it's quite rare, actually, I think, in this day and age to see spinners reach that point. Um, so well done. Well done to Nathan Lyon. I think uh, I don't think anyone really saw this coming. No, I don't think they did either. I think it's it's great work indeed. And although I'm still kind right. of upset that he's keeping some other great Australian spinners out of the team. Um, you mean Steve O'Keefe? Steve, well, Steve O'Keefe, Nathan Sorry. Moritz, Jason Kreiser. You know, the list is long. <laughs> yes, yes. There's um, yeah. There was a weird, wasn't there? It was kind of a weird selection policy going back the last five, ten years in India. They would always bring these these untried spinners really bring them on tour and they get absolutely smashed. Oh, it was fun. Uh, it was such it fun. It was fun for it. Being an Indian, I'm sure, Arun. Uh, I'm sure you loved watching that. <laughs> yeah, I mean... There's even a shade and fruit. To be honest, I I didn't think any, it was going to change with Nathan Lyon, and, but it has. So, so there you go. It, are the... Beyond Nathan Lyon, are Australia's spin bowling reserves well-stocked, do you feel? I don't think so. Um, mm. You know, I think one of the leading wicket-takers last season was John Holland, but he, he seems not to be able to get a look in in India or the subcon. I'm not sure why that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I wouldn't say we're running full with um, spinning stocks at the moment, but I would say that we're running pretty full with fast bowling stocks. Um, mm-hmm. So there's obviously these three guys bowling in, in the team right now. They've got Pattinson, they've got Chad Sayers, who's bowling really, really well, um, and Jackson Bird, to name just a few. So I think the fast bowling stocks look good. I mean, the spin bowling stocks are a bit thin on the ground. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, that's the Ashes. Now let's move on to the main event, India v Sri Lanka, which is you know yes. the, the series you've been dying to discuss all this time. I won't, that's right. I won't stop you any longer. Um, I actually had to, to go. I'm sure you, you've been reading all the scores religiously, <laughs> following... Religiously, following. yeah. So they've started the one-day series, and uh, India lost the first one-day, which was, uh, in fact, made their lowest score in a one-day match, batting second at home. Um, sorry, batting first at home. 112, I think it was. Yeah, 112. Which takes Good for some the game. doing to get out for 112. I but thought. I think I think I did I did look at some of the highlights. The ball was seeming around, and I think Lakmal then he got five or six wickets. He seems to be that guy seems to be quite a handful in, when the ball's see, seeming or swinging around. So yeah, yeah, difficult, more difficult condition, conditions I would say than normal in India. He's he's certainly one of the brighter bowlers, Lakmal, in in the Sri Lankan firmament, um, because mm. you know they they are going through a real transitional phase at the you know right now. Um, and he bowled very well. You do wonder if, if India, if they can't deal with those conditions at home, then they have this year coming up where they're touring um, to South Africa, then England, then Australia, and then I think New Zealand. Um, so, you know, nothing to worry about, really. <laughs> <laughs> nothing at all. Uh, normal service resumed in the second resumed. one there. Yes. When, uh, when India scored 392 for four and Rohit Sharma scored his 
Was it his second? I think it was his second. I think it's century. his third double hundred. Oh, was it his third? Third double hundred. Yeah. Pretty yeah. boring. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's a beautiful batsman he, to watch, but uh, he's a beautiful batsman to watch. But you know, very cocky as well. I think he said when he gets to a hundred, nobody can get him out. Um, yeah. Look, there's something so, to be said for going going to two hundred three times in in limited overs. That's right. No one's done it. <clears throat> but if you were to yes. look up flat track bully, in the <laughs> you would probably see his name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say anymore. I'm already going to get into such trouble with Indian cricket fans, I feel. Um, yeah. West Indies... Oh, sorry. Let's back, Just sticking with Sri Lanka versus India, just for a moment. Um, India gave a debut, uh, or a debut, if we're going to pronounce it correctly, uh, to, um, to a kid. I'm going to call him a kid because I can. He's only 18. Named Washington Sundar. Uh, actually from from Madras, like me, and um, it's always, I don't know, it's always really heartening, kind of life-affirming to to see a a real youngster make their full international debut. I feel like it doesn't happen as much as it used to. Um, I don't know, I just feel like the era we were growing up in, sort of the 80s, you saw a lot of the, you know, I I guess Tendulkar was the obvious one making his test debut at 16, Um, but then there were others, yeah. you know, I think in Pakistan as well, there were several players who made their test debut very young. Although, Shahid Afridi. Um, yeah, although he's still Shahid very young. Afridi. Which, um, which um, yeah, begs <laughs> the question, how old is he really? Um, yeah, there wasn't, I mean, back, you know, Michael Clark was quite young, I guess Ponting was young, wasn't he? Ponting was 20 or... 21, maybe. Yeah, so 2021 20, um, is, is kind of considered young now. You rarely see teenagers make it. In England, you don't really I mean, see teenagers, yeah. In England, it's unheard of. You know, it's... it's I, I well, I think Pat Cummins burst onto the scene, didn't he, a couple of years ago when he was 18 or 19. Mm. And he got that six for in South Africa. Showed a lot of promise. But I think the batting, too. Wasn't there a guy opening the batting, Hamid, for India? England for a while. Yeah, he's 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 he yeah he's definitely he's he's really the the only one you can think of who's and Matt Renshaw too when he right. made his debut last year was just nineteen yeah and he's nineteen uh, this, you know this, young young kids this guy Washington Sundar um, ten months ago apparently he had Great not name. played any um, first class limited overs cricket um, so he played the IPL I'm just looking now he played the IPL this year. Yeah, I thought he did. Yeah, so that is so. If you think about it, before the IPL, which is ten months ago, um, he hadn't really done anything. Uh, so yeah, well, there's been some of those bolts from the blue, hasn't there? Yeah. I mean, David Warner's a very good example, right? I David Warner's a, a player. Very who... few first-class games. Ah, right. So it really was the IPL for him that that brought him. Yeah, to it was T twenty. T twenty really was. Mm. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel. <laughs> You're not sure how you feel about David Warner, period, are you? Um, well, you know, I kind of knew where I stood with David Warner when he was um, when he was the, the kind of player who was lamping Joe Root for wearing a fake beard. You know, you kind of knew where you stood with him. He was he was much more stereotypical back then. Um. Mm. Now he's kind of matured, and uh, yeah, and his, his, he's certainly more boring, isn't he? He's 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 got layers and depth now. And, he do, uh, he does. I mean, he gave a, a team 
the team talk at the Gabba, I think, or was it in Adelaide? Right. Um, when the guys went out to bowl, uh, I think he he was the one after Smith had scored the century. So in, I guess it was in Brisbane then. He was the one really geeing the, the guys before they walked out into the field and laying down the law and getting them all fired up. So he's you know he's come a long way as a, as a leader, I guess, um, and he's the vice captain. Yeah, I mean, look, we, well, hopefully we all grow up. So, so there you go. Uh, this is the last test match, I think, at the Wacker. Is that is that correct? It's it's a bit of a yeah, it's a strange one because they built this new Burswood Stadium, which is just across the river from the Wacker. Mm. And apparently, for years, they've been trying to get an extension on the stadium. It only holds twenty two thousand, which is just quite small by Australian standards. Um, I know that Dennis Lilly now has refused to go to this test match. Yeah. Um, there seems to be the feeling that major test match in the future will always all be at the new stadium where they can hold more people. So, for example, Ashes maybe or maybe India, Australia, definitely T20s and one-day cricket will be held at the new stadium, mm. whereas they'll probably do Sheffield Shield at this stadium. But I, th- I think Dennis Lilly was, for, for many years, the chairman of the WACA, um, mm-hmm. which is the uh, Cricket Association of Western Australia. And I think he yeah. tried to get a deal done with the with a residential developer to have apartments around it so they could kind of sustain the wacker feel and, and extend right. the stadium. Yeah. But uh, it seems to have all fallen through and they've had to move over to the new one. So yeah. they will still play cricket here, mm. but probably not the big international matches anymore, which is kind of sad. It is sad, but from what I hear, I've, I've actually only visited the wacker um, when it's been empty, uh, which is an interesting experience. <laughs> Did a guided tour. Yeah, it was something like that. Um, it's not the most hospitable place for spectators. No. There's it's, no shade. There's no cover. Mm. There's very little shade and very little cover. So you're sort of sitting outside most of the day. And obviously the, um, the Perth heat is scorching, pardon the pun. Um, it really is. And I, I think to try and find a bit of shade is, is quite important there. But, it's, yeah, it's quite, a, quite an open stadium. That's why you get, of course, the um, Fremantle Doctor the breeze that comes in in the afternoon from Fremantle that it helps uh, the, the swing bowlers move the ball around a bit because it's quite an open stadium. Mm. But yeah, it's a classic. Yeah, but on the flip side, it is, it's, it's a proper cricket stadium as opposed to these newfangled versions which are, you know, with their drop-in wickets. And, yes. And their, their, um, their, you know, comfortable facilities. <laughs> they're wine Although bars. I would say, well, they would say I was quite impressed because last time I went to the to a test match was the SCG, and I'm pretty sure we could only get like mid-strength beer and wine in like these little goon cups, which was absolutely disgusting. Um, but they had Shocking. craft beer available. They oh had um, you know, mid-strength beer, wine, and spirits. Just um, stop now. They had a full bar, and I must say, Arun, I, I enjoyed a lamb burger, oh. which was extremely good and they said it was artisanally made <laughs> and handcrafted and locally sourced and the guy who actually put it together for me had a goatee so um so it was quite an artisanal experience outside the back of the st- uh, stand yesterday um and i think a lot of people got lost in the action out there and kind of forgot the cricket was on i think a lot of people escaping their their better halves and kind of you know as the man said um uh, when i was standing outside the ground this morning um you know it's uh it's days of a drinking and nights of a sleeping so anyway, I'm, I'm sure you'll give us a full report of how alcohol consumption is changing both at the WACA and in Australian society at large. 
um, because you'll have a, you know, you, you, you are about to embark on a fairly extensive field study. Yes, I'll uh, be enjoying my afternoon out at the uh, WACA this afternoon and really trying to understand more about the modern cultural habits of Australians in their natural uh, habitat. In their natural habitat, even. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't do that. We couldn't do the podcast live from the WACA because they wouldn't give us the rooms they promised to us oh. a room, which is unfortunate. Yeah, um, we we, I had, think a, we had a rights issue, I think. We did have a rights issue. And I think Agus was sort of the first man there and uh, he wouldn't let me in. Um, mm. So that's fair enough. Um, you know, we we probably not first on the pecking order just 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 yet. Just yet, but, but you wait. Up. They'll all be queuing up to get on cricket ultras. They will be. Not too long before you be. go. Everybody um, wants to be on cricket ultras. Before you go, yes. are we going to break the habit of of a very short lifetime and um, discuss New Zealand cricket or New Zealand <laughs> cricket? Yeah, they won. They <laughs> beat the West Indies in a two-test series. Is that correct? They did. They 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 won at home. They got their home summer off to a good start. Um, of course, playing the West Indies means you you can get your home summer off to a very good start very easily, I think. <laughs> Especially uh, in test matches. No disrespect to the West Indies. I think we all would like to see a much stronger West Indian cricket team, but there are various issues over there. Yeah, no, New Zealand looked like it looked pretty, pretty comfortable business. As usual, the bowlers... Yeah all did well um the, the key batsmen were were in form they don't play a test match now until march um, which is interesting and, and they've even got this guy uh neil wagner or wagner in the top 10 which is amazing i think he's in the top 10 test bowlers which i've heard of him but i you know he got a seven for i think in the first test um yeah but, i mean isn't there a discount against to play against the west indies in your home conditions you think there would be right I'm not sure the ICC takes these things into... I mean, they do take your ranking into account when they assign the points, right? I think. I'm right, not sure. They do. I don't know. I, but it I seems know to me that the more games you play, the more games you play and the more games you win, the higher your ranking goes, and even in your own conditions, right? So that's why yeah, India likes to post a truckload of tests, right? It shouldn't, and it shouldn't. I, I, I don't think there's anyone out there that thinks the ICC ranking methodology is particularly rigorous, um, mm. Except maybe uh, Indian cricket fans. Yeah. So apart apart from the one billion, <laughs> except the ICC board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the BCCI. Um, That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, was I guess that that probably is enough on New Zealand cricket. The, the only other incident of note <laughs> is that uh, ben, Stokes, ben Stokes, I think, scored ninety odd. Yep, for Canterbury, I think. All right. Well. And I bet there was a lot of people watching that game. Um, so will he come over for the short format here? Will he come over for the one days or the T20s? Uh, well, he's in the squad, but you know it all depends on the uh, on the Crown Prosecution mm-hmm. Service. They still have it not does. filed any charges. And they're taking the time, which I guess they're they, it's okay to do that, right? They want to get it right. Of course, um, yeah, of course. They, they don't. They're, they're not under any pressure to hurry because of the cricket. Series. That's right. <laughs> that's <laughs> much to the um, ECB's chagrin. Yeah, um, I'm sure. Right. Okay, well, cool. I think that probably brings us to a close. Um, episode two, uh, I should note, we, we reached 50 not out, by the way, on episode one. Uh, so, we did. Uh, very good. I mean, I, I, was, I was pleasantly surprised by how many listeners we had, and I, I'm, I'm sure that that total will keep ticking up. We'll, we'll reach our century at some point. I think it was. How many times did you download the podcast? That, that um, I mean, that, that has to remain off the record 
Yes, there's no, there's no click farms here. No. Um, yes, it was, it was quite gratifying. And I, I would thank you to some of the listeners who gave us some feedback. And if you have any suggestions, please send them through. We'd love to hear them from you. Yeah, well, uh, yes, my, my approach to feedback is always um, uh, a little bit more cavalier than that. Uh, you're welcome to send it through. I can't promise I'll take any of it seriously. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, thanks for listening. Yeah. And yes, we are on thanks Facebook. We're on Twitter. Um, I'm sure, Darren, um, as befitting someone of your age, you'll have us up on Snapchat soon. <laughs> yes, we should have a Cricket Ultra Snapchat. Yeah, but anyway, have a great day at the Wacker. Um, I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. I'm actually quite jealous of you. Uh, we'll probably do the next one in a week or so. I'm going to be in India. Uh, I don't know where you'll be, but we will have much to discuss. Mm. So thank you we all will. for listening. And I promise to post today on our Facebook and Twitter channel channels from the from the wacko oh please do that would that would be great yes just uh, make right, sure right. make sure you do it earlier in the day I wouldn't <laughs> <say anything. laughs> all right thank you arun thanks a lot